IBC. Welcome to the new day. It's Tuesday morning, October the 5th, 2021. Hope you are getting a good start to your day. And it is always good to start the day with you. Of course, uh, Cindy and I wake up fairly early in the mornings here and have our own time along with God and get ready for the day. But it's still early in the day. It's only eight o'clock a.m. And it's good to be with you this morning as we pray together, as we read God's word together. Let me uh, say before we get started, we appreciate your prayers for us. I think probably most of you know, if you don't know, let me tell you that uh, Cindy's mother, uh, who is almost 92 years old, is declining fairly rapidly in her health. Uh, we're not sure how much longer she will live. In fact, the doctor has put her on end-of-life care. Cindy's brothers advised us to, um, to come to um, the States as soon as we can, and Cindy wants to, if we feel like it's what God wants us to do. She wants to spend some quality time with her mom. Uh, already her mom's um, also in some, a little bit of cognitive decline because of her health. And Cindy wants to be able to spend some quality time with her before she goes to be with the Lord. So we fly out tonight to travel to the U.S. to spend time with Cindy's mother and Cindy's brothers. Um, so we appreciate your prayer for us as we travel. You know, with COVID, things are a little bit complicated. So if you will please lift us up to the Lord. Uh, we, we fly out tonight about midnight. We'll be traveling all day tomorrow to go to the U.S. So we appreciate your prayers for us as we travel. And we appreciate your prayers for Cindy and her brothers as they take care of her mom and her uh, final days here on earth. We're excited that she is a follower of Jesus. We know that she has a reward in heaven. And so we don't grieve like the rest of the world who have no hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus, and so uh, we we are, uh, uh, even though not looking forward to her passing, uh, we know that we would we, we would rather her be with the Lord than, than to have a miserable life here on earth. So thank you for lifting us up in prayer. Uh, let me call your attention now as we begin our time of Bible study and prayer today. I would like to call your attention to Psalm 95. Psalm 95 is, uh, we're, we're not going to read the whole psalm this morning. We're going to read the first uh, seven verses. It's a psalm that gives, that gives a call to worship, but it also, also is a call to, uh, of warning uh, to us. And in the final four or five verses, which we'll not read this morning, the psalmist reminds uh, the worshipers, uh, of their ancestors in the wilderness who were hard-hearted. Uh, they were hard of hearing when it came to God's voice, and, and they were disobedient. Uh, they, they could have been, archaeologists tell, tell us, that they probably could have been uh, made that trip from Egypt to the Promised Land in a few months. It took them 40 years because they wandered in the wilderness. And though God took care of them in the wilderness, they were still hard-hearted, in fact, that generation did not go to the promised land. It was the generation born in the wilderness that God led into the promised land. So there's a warning in, in the final part of this psalm uh, not to test God, 
but to listen to God and to be obedient to God, to trust God. Trusting God is how we experience his peace. The first seven verses call us to worship. And so let's allow God's word to speak to us this morning to call us to worship. Beginning with verse one. Come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout triumphantly to him in song. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hand and the mountain peaks are his. The sea is his. He made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his care. Come, let us worship and bow down before the Lord, almighty God, our creator, our shepherd. Father, thank you for loving us. Sometimes we are like those Hebrews in the wilderness, wandering from station to station because we are not fully committed to you. Lord, we are weak. And sometimes we take our eyes off the mission that you have given us. Please forgive us. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you that every morning, every single morning, your mercy and grace are fresh and new and real. And so, Lord God, we bow before you. We worship you. We place our lives before you. We ask you to fill us with your spirit. We ask you to give us peace in these troubled times. We pray, Lord, that today our lives will be an active worship, that worship will not be to us just some ritual or some weekly event that we attend now online, but worship is a way of life in which every breath, every heartbeat, every moment is a purposeful walk and worship of you. This morning, Lord, we also lift up those in our church family who are sick. We pray for your healing, for your comfort. We pray for consolation to those who have recently lost loved ones, the Garcias, the Villegas, the Parcones, the Felisarios, the Dompours, so many people, Lord. We pray that you will give them consolation today. Again, we lift up Pearlie and Becky and Jenny and Cassie and Nita and Jumong struggling with cancer. We're praying for their healing, Lord. We also lift up our church planters in the field this morning. I'm thinking of Pastor Ador, one of our workers in Cebu, who, uh, whose wife passed away just a few months ago. 
We pray you will encourage them. We're so pleased to hear how you're drawing people to Christ Jesus through the ministry there in Medellin, Cebu. We lift him up today. Lord, we are your people. We are sheep of your pasture. We're trusting you to take care of us, to sustain us, to provide for us, and to shine through us. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's continue today with hearts full of joy as we worship the Lord. And today we continue in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me invite you to now turn to your, turn your, uh, open your scriptures to the New Testament now, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as we are building on that theme that God gave us on Sunday, the value of the gospel. Paul reminded us in Romans 1, 16 and 17, that that uh, we are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, first to the Jew and then also to the Greeks. It reveals the righteousness of God from faith to faith, for as it is written, the righteous live by faith. The gospel. We are not ashamed to believe the gospel. We are not ashamed to live the gospel. And we are not ashamed to share the gospel. In fact, this morning, I woke up with a renewed joy and anticipation of having opportunities to share the gospel. I have it in my mind that there are some people along our way in the next 24, well, when we travel today, We'll be traveling for a whole day, about 24 hours, and I have it in mind that there's going to be some people that God brings in our path, maybe on the airplane, maybe in the concourse at the airport. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward with joy for opportunities to share the gospel today. And I'm amazed by that opportunity. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, reveals a mystery, a great mystery. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Just one verse today. Now we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Now what do you think is that treasure, that extraordinary power. You're right. It's the gospel. We have this treasure, the gospel, in clay jars ourselves, so that this extraordinary power, the gospel, the power of God for salvation, may be exposed as from God, not something that we have created, but something that we are simply carrying and delivering. It's a mystery. Let me ask you this question. Who is worthy to be a container for God's light and glory? Who is worthy to carry the gospel? I think we all know the answer to those questions. Who is worthy? None of us. The smartest person in the world isn't smart enough. 
The purest person isn't pure enough. The most spiritual person is not spiritual enough. The most talented person is not talented enough. We are all just clay pots holding an unspeakably great and powerful treasure, the gospel. Paul is reflecting on a reality in his day. In ancient days in the Middle East, kings stored their gold and their silver and their jewels in earthen jars. In fact, we, we read uh, in Jeremiah 32, 14, uh, God commanded Jeremiah to uh, take some scrolls to seal them and store them in an earthen storage jar so they will last a long time. So that gives us evidence as to why not just kings, but everyone would store prized possessions, important documents in earthen jars, which would protect them from the elements, from the weather. Let's, let's expand that thought to other ideas, other things besides jewels, gold and silver. But let's start there with with costly jewels. When, when I proposed marriage to Cindy back in 1977, ooh, that was a long time ago, 44 years ago. When I proposed marriage to her, uh, I had a, a costly jewel. It probably wasn't as costly uh, as some jewels. I was a, a poor college student, but to me it was costly. I carried that costly jewel, that diamond ring in a small plain box oh sure it was wrapped in velvet but it was underneath the velvet it was just a plain cardboard box but it carried a priceless jewel that symbolized my deep affectionate love for her that i wanted to spend with her for the rest of my life think about farming a farmer wants a great abundant crop that will provide for his family and maybe even provide for the community. He takes precious, valuable seeds in his hand, each seed a treasure, each seed with tremendous power and potential. And he buries those seeds in dirt. A battered ship in ancient days was used to carry precious cargo. Lamps of clay gave brilliant light in households and palaces. A tattered, torn book on the cover might look invaluable, but it contains noble, high, profound thoughts. So it is with those of us who carry the gospel. We are unworthy of such a dignified task. We are plain, battered, clay, torn, tattered. Not much to look at 
on the outside from God's point of view, from the eternal point of view. But oh, how we carry a priceless, powerful, life-changing treasure that has the power of a seed planted in the hearts of people can produce an abundant crop. God has chosen to put his light and glory in the everyday dishes, not in the fine china. We are the everyday dishes. That's not like us. We're almost always drawn to the thing that has the best packaging. That's the key to good marketing. Whatever the product is, put it in good packaging and it will sell because the human eyes are drawn to glitter, to what is shiny, to what looks professional. Good packaging sells. When we're courting a person, we always put our as we say, best foot forward. We always dress well. Ladies, you put on your makeup, you take time with your hair. We always want to look our best to impress. We marry that person. And when the honeymoon is over and the packaging is removed, we see who we each really are. Souls in clay with clay feet. We're drawn to good packaging, but the best gifts are often contained in the most unlikely packages. God did not see the need to package Jesus when he sent Christ to the earth. He did not come as a king or a prince, did not come as a valiant warrior, did not come as a rich, powerful man. He came as a child born to peasant parents, a carpenter, and a young maiden. Yes, they did have royal blood. They were from the line of David, but at that time, they were peasants. They were nobodies who lived in a nobody town, Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth? The Messiah. Jesus was not embarrassed to live as an earthen vessel, and God is not embarrassed nor reluctant to use clay pots like us to carry his gospel. Why in the world does God put such a great, powerful treasure in such weak vessels? Why would he do that? Well, Paul explains it. So that the greatness and wonder of the power, the gospel, may be seen as coming from God not coming from us so that it would be evident so that it will be evident to anyone who has eyes to see 
that the work of the gospel is being done by the power of God, not the power of the vessel. When Cindy received the diamond ring, it was not the box she admired. When the harvest is reaped, it is not the dirt that it is mired, though it is respected. The cargo loaded from the battered ship is what is opened and brings joy, not that ship in the harbor. It is the light that brings comfort and joy, not the lamp. It, are, it, 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 are the, it is the collection of noble thoughts in the tattered book that brings wisdom, not the book and the pages, not even the ink. And so it is with the gospel. We are simply the earthen jars that are carrying the treasured gospel. And tomorrow we'll begin to see how sometimes those earthen jars must be broken for the treasure to spill out. But for today, let's thank the Lord for his humility. Let's thank the Lord for his grand design. Let's thank the Lord, as we saw yesterday, for his great mercy that he has given us. He has endowed us with the ministry. He has sealed in us the treasured gospel. Let's carry it well. Father, thank you that you have opened the door for us to see this divine mystery. We admit to you that we are not worthy. We were made from clay. You formed the first human from clay and breathed life into him. And Lord, when we confessed our sin and confess Christ Jesus as Lord and received your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace, you sealed in us the gospel, the seed of eternal life. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you today. Fill us with your spirit. Cleanse us. Make us pure. Equip and empower us to not only carry the treasure, but to open our lives to others so that they can experience and receive the treasure for themselves. There is plenty of treasure to go around. Now, Lord, I pray for these brothers and sisters of mine who are with me this morning. I pray again today, as I do every day, that your face will shine upon them, that you will give them great comfort and peace, that you will fill their hearts with joy, that you will fill their souls with the Spirit, that you will protect them, guide them, instruct them every step of the way today that you will provide for them all they need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining with me this morning. 
I pray that it has been an encouragement to you to see and remember that we carry great treasures. I love you, and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day.